And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast presented to you, as always, by our good friends at the Holy Grail down at the Banks. It is uh, a very happening summer down at the Banks, so make sure you stop in and visit our good friends. Maybe going to a Reds game, you got a concert, something happening downtown. Stop by the Banks, they will get you taken care of. Great drinks and uh, lots of good food and all of the atmosphere that you could ever desire. So go see our friends at the Holy Grail all summer long. They'll get you taken care of. All right, here we go. It is, uh, we, we are finally at the point where it feels like summer is, uh, the, the summer lull is past us. How do you know? Because talking season starts. And then when talking season starts, that means camp is coming shortly. That means camp higher ground. That means coverage. That means content. That means that we don't have to talk to each other for 20 minutes before a show saying, uh, what are we going to talk about today? We know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Big 12 Media Days. The Bearcats take the stage tomorrow, but right, your mark was on the stage today. Uh, you know, the, 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 the activity began and I sent our esteemed new colleague, Keegan Nickerson. What, why do you have the, why is your name like that? We're going to get this address now before we get into anything. So my name, my name on the site is spelled wrong and I've been (laughs) meaning to tell you. I no think way. it's your email, isn't it? Man, are we no, just a, we my, are just a professional outfit all the way around, huh? My email is my first initial last name. So when I get on with Mo today and he, he says, you can follow him at Nickison42 and it's pronounced like Nix with a K. I'm like, oh, great. Right. <laughs> Marvin thinks my last name spelled like that. So now I'm announcing that my last name is N-I-C-K-O-S-O-N. It's not K-N-I-C-K. That is just my username for everything I use. So this sounds like a you problem. Like you created this problem. <laughs> you know, you looked at my name on Twitter and then typed it in wrong on the side. No, I typed it in right. I didn't put it. No, I didn't do that. It says Keegan Nickerson with an N on my Twitter. Yeah, you know, you want some, you lose some. <laughs> this is hazing the new guy. So if I'm Pat yeah. Fitzgerald, I guess I might be... Apparently, we could have you have done a lot worse. This is just the entry level stuff. <laughs> you want to take some? You want to take some center quarterback exchanges with Brent? I, I, felt the, <laughs> I felt the rains down in Africa was the worst thing that I'd hear on the show. Nope, nope. <laughs> We're always trying to go lower, Keegan. Hold you, Keegan. Just wait till next week, man. Oh, you want to come on next week, Keegan? Yeah, I do want to come no, on this week. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I can assure you, no, you don't. Oh, no, he'll be fine. But anyway, <laughs> down obviously you're down in Dallas. Mm-hmm. What was just your first impressions walking onto the field, seeing everything set up, just you know, kind of take us through like just kind of like what you did when you got there, who you, who you talked to before things got started, um, you know, just along those lines. Well, I think 
the Big 12 is making it very clear that they want to be like the most interesting conference in the country. Because, and I, I told Mo this, but the SEC is doing theirs at a Hyatt in Nashville. Pac-12 is at some resort in Vegas. And the Big 12 gets Jerry World. And they got this huge setup all on the field, cameras everywhere, huge podium, got mannequins with jerseys on them. It, it, walking on the field was surreal because I'd been to a couple Big Ten basketball media days. I never did a football at Lucas Oil. But it's, it's just a completely different setting. I mean, that stadium is like – he called it one of the best venues in the country, but I think it rivals some of the best in the world with just the size, the aesthetic of it and everything. But, yeah, so I, I didn't talk to a whole lot of people. I talked to Neil and Ryan who were there on the UC beat, Justin, Scott, and Jim Kelly is there. Um, so that was really good to talk to all of them. But it was it was an exciting day. I'm, I'm wiped, but I am extremely excited for tomorrow because that's, that's the important day. Dave, keep going. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> sorry, there's like a bug playing on my face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it I thought you had to, like I thought you were you were like in control like you just jumped in and took off I didn't expect yeah. you to slam the brakes on it's no sorry trying to trying to kill a bug but uh <laughs> but no it, like watching seeing pictures and video I mean they're certainly like you know making it a production which is not a surprise I mean Brett Yormark has a professional background has a big big game feel to him um but it, it's certainly – and it's just funny, like, from our standpoint, covering UC for so long, like, the, the AAC – original AAC Media Day in Newport, definitely Newport, Rhode Island, definitely had a special vibe to it. I mean, it, you know, it's a total opposite. You're having a clam bake and a, and a lobster boil on the beach, basically, and that's very cool in and of itself. But, like, like I said, you're on the field. Big Ten is at Lucas Oil and Indy. So, like, you're seeing, like, these are, like, the premier conferences from a media day standpoint. Like, they're wanting to – this is football. Um, and they they do it well. I mean, they – the all the tables set up, all the different spots for interviews and quickie quotes and stuff like that. I mean, you can really, you know, get a lot of information from these coaches and putting them on ESPNU, also having – you know, a separate feed for the inter- like the coach interview portion. It's just for UC fans and, you know, for us, especially like covering the team, it is a wild breath of fresh air, not having to like hope that someone goes to Rhode Island or wherever and, and asks some questions about, you You know, it's just a totally different atmosphere. Um, what did you think of Commissioner Yormark? his stage presence. I mean, he was doing the whole, like, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Ballmer, like walk and talk. We're, you know, introducing Microsoft 95, uh, you know, (laughs) type thing. That was, that was a new one. That was a new one for me seeing a a guy just, you know, freewheeling it like that. But uh, he is definitely, uh, he kind of embodies that whole mentality though. I mean, he's, he has charismatic, he's honest, he's transparent, like just things you don't typically see from, you know, your 65-year-old conference commissioner. Yeah, and coming from covering Kevin Warren to this <laughs> is a completely, like, different planet. Kevin Warren 
could not have been more robotic, could not have been more tightened up professional. When they they put the stage up and they had the podium over to the left where the moderator was, and they had two seats where they did the um, the sit down. I think it, I think her name was Chris Budden. I think that's who he did the sit down with. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, where is he going to stand? Is he going to stand in the corner? And then he's just got a sheet and he's just walking back and forth like he's in Wolf of Wall Street um, with a microphone tight, like tied to his tie. And it, it was extremely refreshing. And you picked up on it, David, on the Twitter. But when he was asked about them being open for business and then he said, you know, or no, strength in numbers. So strength in numbers. He was asked about strength in numbers. And he said, you know, what? I did say that. And I, I walked that back a little bit, you know, like that's something I probably shouldn't have said. That's, that's something you just don't see from these people that try to be like as perfect as possible, deflect, nothing means anything ever. Um, so he's the whole Gen Z targeting thing is extremely interesting to me. The uh, trip to Mexico next December is going to be really cool. Halftime show for the championship game is really interesting. Don't know who that artist is yet, but he like, he is dead set on he's dead set on the Big 12 becoming the best conference in college sports. And they already are for basketball. Um, now it's going to be a results oriented thing for that. So you have to beat Alabama and Georgia, which is a different story. But he's he's been called an innovator by all the coaches. And Gundy was open at that saying he's the most innovative commissioner probably in all of sports right now. So he, he was extremely interesting. I, I loved everything he had to say and how he said it. How's your, how's your crip walk? Is your crip walk good? <laughs> Mine? Yeah. <laughs> Who did you say it was going to be? Your walk? I, I didn't say anybody. I just asked how your seawalk was. Well, I thought it should be Project Pat to rub it in Memphis's face. Because <laughs> uh, okay, uh, you're vindictive. I am. But um, what was I going to say? But yeah, I mean... They're probably, I mean, because of the size of the fan bases, they're probably never going to catch the Big Ten or the SEC. But, like, you can carve out a really nice spot being right behind sure. them. And hopefully your your teams have to, you know, step up and do the heavy lifting. You can say and say all you want and be as innovative as you want. But Power if you six. Call- Well, UC stepped up and held up their end of the bargain, and that didn't matter. So, I mean, that's my point. It's like, (laughs) like, no, I mean, I think we've talked about it before. Like, not everything is going to be a hit. I mean, I think, I think the Mexico rollout was pretty clumsy, and they've kind of since cleaned that up because when it first came out, there was a lot of question, like, is he talking about, like, having a regular season football game there and someone's going to lose a home game? And so it then it then morphed into, you know, now it's going to be a bowl game down the road and then some non-conference basketball games. So, um, so I think, you know, it's all a learning process, especially when you have someone in trying to, you know, upset the apple cart so to speak of like we're going to try all these things and you guys have never even thought about doing this stuff and some of it might be messy some of it might not work out well but i mean just the the few things that they've done already have been pretty darn successful and in, in, at least in my opinion and i'm not even the person that they're really trying to target yeah i don't want to open up too much 
of a can of worms here, but what, and you guys have probably talked about it, but if they were to get Oregon and Utah, do you think they could possibly end up topping the big 10? No, no. I mean, the big, too the big many, 10. Too many land grant giant yeah. state universities that like that. No. Okay. That's there's, not really in the realm of possibility. There's just decades and decades of equity already built up and, you know, with an Ohio State, with a Michigan, with a Penn State, even a Nebraska that on the field, we would be like, well, they're not top of the line. But, I mean, they there's their fan support and their their power in that world is is bigger than anybody that will be left in the Big 12. So, I, I don't think so. It's, it's hard, you know, like some schools out west aren't going to fix that. But that's not – I don't even think that's – like he said – he said, like, I'm not really looking at it from a ranking standpoint. Like, we're just yeah. trying to be the That's best the best that we can be and move our league as, for, you know, as forward and as innovative as we can be. And if that means then we get into the consciousness of more people, then, then great. And, you know, so um, he pretty much – I mean, he's – he definitely tiptoed around the whole expansion uh, – discussion we, we kind of knew we would today i mean yeah because like you have to as much as we joke and make fun of like the pac-12 is going to get a tv deal done sometime relatively soon so there's really no reason for him to talk about it anymore because then they'll, then they'll make the decision i think it would have been baller to just have two new mannequins up there just without jerseys on them no 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 like 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 they're they're here, like it's real. They're, they're oh no, here. I would have had like just blank mannequins, and people have been like, "What's that?" Like, oh, therefore the next team's coming in next year. <laughs> no, you just like you. That's how you announce it. You just have like Arizona and and Colorado or whatever, just up like yeah. You know, you don't say anything until everybody shows up, and then when they show up, like what the <laughs> yeah. So. But no, what did you, I mean, what did, what was kind of like, it was funny. He talked about how he wasn't going to say anything. And then it was awesome. He said something. Well, no, it was awesome that the very first question he got was from like the oldest, most established big 12 media um, uh, person, you know, and asked him straight away, like about it. So it was pretty perfect. Yeah. What, what did you think of kind of, how much chatter was there about it? What did you think of the way that it was answered? Were people rolling their eyes when he was talking about it? Were people laughing? Like, what, what, what was kind of the the reaction? About possible expansion? Yeah, like, just how he kind of, like, stomped it down pretty pretty strongly. Yeah, I, well, he, he didn't stump it down because he said they have a plan. Like, if he... Well, if but I mean, like, he didn't... Like, he said, I'm not going to talk about, like, we have a plan, but I hope it happens sooner than later. But, like... He wasn't like, you know, he kind of not walked it back, but he, he didn't want to elaborate too much. Yeah, 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 and I get what you're saying, but just the fact that he said they have a plan, I think is really hopeful for me because he could have just said, you know what, we're not really talking about that right now. We're focused on this season, which is a really exciting season. But, he, you know, he at least signaled that they're working on something, at least, or there's conversations happening. There's close, the, the term closed-door meetings kept on coming up today. Um, so those are all going on. We know how interesting those are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's going to do something absolutely bonkers just based off his personality. And, you know, j- just being 
how exciting year one was. I think he's got the fix for just trying to do as much crazy stuff as possible. So I, I'm I'm really excited two, three years down the road to see like who could possibly be in the conference, who could be heading to the conference. It's it's gonna be exciting. So we had I'm trying to think off offhand, yeah. TCU, Houston, Texas, Baylor, uh, BYU, and Oklahoma State today. Is that all of them? Seven? Kansas. Kansas. Can we yeah. talk real quick? Can we talk about how aggressive Kansas's font is on their uniforms? Yeah, like, like what 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 are you doing? Like it's like ten times the size of the, the Cincinnati on the like, prototype. It is. It's like, hey, if you're on one of the NASA shuttles, you'll be able to tell who's playing in this game because it says yeah. Kansas. You know the Michigan State like uniforms. It goes underneath I mean, what the if, What if their name? What if the word was like Alabama and had a few more letters? Like, what would they have done then? And <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But anyway, I like those uniforms though. But the, yeah, the lettering's too big. So you, you saw all these coaches, you listened to, I assume you listened to all of them. Any of them in particularly jump out to you with comments related or not related to UC, just like in, just in general? Well, I think the interesting thing was a lot of people were like, oh, there's four new teams. A lot of people was going to talk about it. That's going to be the main topic. But the main topic was everyone being pissed at Oklahoma and Oklahoma Texas. Texas. <laughs> and, I mean, there is no other option for, like, people that stick out than Mike Gundy. One, he said Cincinnati was in the Northeast, which is just factually incorrect. Like that's I, I, I like that. Right. I like but that. no, <laughs> see, here's the thing though. That is the Northeast to him. It is North Everything and East. East of Iowa and up. Yeah. yeah, it is North and East of, of Stillwater, Oklahoma. So to him, that is the Northeast. There's, like, just, there's more North East to go, but that is right. You know, directionally is correct. Cincinnati is Northeast. <laughs> directionally correct. He wears um, a mullet because he wants to. Cincinnati he, is as Northeast as it gets. That's the Northeastest he's ever been. I mean, when and he I'm, gets off when, next year, when he gets off that plane in Kentucky, he's going to be like, "These are my people." <laughs> <laughs> but he, what do you mean we're in Kentucky? He was asked about Bedlam multiple times, like four to five times. And everything he said is, that's Oklahoma's fault. I have nothing to do with that. They decided to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a silver platter for him. Like, he'll, he'll talk. If you want to get him going, that's just tell him, ask him about that. Thrifty Walrus is exactly correct. Uh, in Gundy's <laughs> mind, if you're north of the Ohio River and east of the Mississippi River, you are, in fact, northeast. <laughs> uh, but Gundy was asked about Bedlam and he just kept on like n- not holding back anything on just roasting Oklahoma there because apparently they want to try to pursue some non-conference thing and Gundy's like we're booked until 2037 so the likelihood that there's going to be another Bedlam game is not high at all and that's completely their fault because they wanted to leave we didn't have anything yeah. to do I don't, I don't blame him I mean obviously there are teams that have these intra-conference rivalries still, you know, it does, if the Big 12, though, is going to play nine conference games, I, I get it from his standpoint. Like, the SEC still plays eight. So, you have the, the Kentucky-Louisville thing works, the, the George-Georgia Tech works, the Clemson-South Carolina. Like, if you're going to play nine, 
you know, I'm I if I'm Oklahoma State, I'm not like trying to make that one of my non-conference games every year. Um, yeah. So so I get it. Anybody? Any, any good comments from uh, from Dana? Or uh, I, I saw Sonny Dykes was was saying that they should, with all the players that they lost, we sh- we should have been you know we could have been rated like ranked even lower. I'm like, oh, cry me a river. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he answered a question about like um, TCU being one and done, and some kids like I'm seeing on Twitter that TCU might be a like one hit wonder team, and he just immediately <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> you should have asked him, Sonny. Whatever happened to episode 12 of The Hill when you were at I SMU? I forgot about that. Uh, I asked him, and that was another funny thing. I asked him, um, you know, your time at SMU, what's special about UC, the fan base? What's, what are they going to bring to the Big 12? And he said, you know, every coach that coaches there in the last 20, 25 years wins. Like, they always win. It doesn't matter what they do. They just they find success and win. And then people were like, uh, Tommy Tupperville coached there rather, rather recently. Yeah. So I don't think, uh, but I mean, he still won two conference championships. He won. He Maybe just it's just how bad it ended. Left. That's the thing. Yeah. But yeah, Dykes was good. Leopold was good. He, he made a good comment about, uh, coaching in the Mac and knowing like the whole recruiting Ohio thing, getting familiar with the area. So he knows, the, the vast amount of talent that Cincinnati can tap into around that area. Um, and then the other, the other one I spoke to was Gundy so geography, excitement and the recruiting pool. So I, I'm interested to see like the fan bases react to all the big 12 schools. You know, this is the new norm of having to watch BYU and Oklahoma state consistently. I think that's one of the more exciting things about the switch is you're not watching Subpar. How are how are our friends from Middle Florida? There's a lot of media there. Do they ask good questions? Um, not necessarily. It was kind of similar to what I was asking. Just trying to get comments on you know what they think about UC. Like, what are their expectations? Um, but nothing too major. The 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 best questions were. Uh, Justin asked um, Sarkeesian if the NIL, if NIL and the transfer portal was good for college football. And he's like, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he wasn't, he wasn't too excited about um, answering expansion questions. So uh, did you ask anyone their thoughts on Skyline? No, I did not. <laughs> that's, a, that's a miss on your part. I did not because I don't write for Bleacher Report. <laughs> Uh, GMAC wants to know if we can go to media days, uh, next year and go live throughout those days. Uh, only all day option was Monty show. And they seem to think Cincinnati's program couldn't ever compete in the PAC 12. I don't know why they would. Who, who, the is, who is Monty show? No idea. Okay. Um, they had radio um, Row set up and a bunch of, oh, yeah, we, we could have been there broadcasting live. That's what Mo said. Like, I wonder if they'll invite me, like, jokingly, like, they won't offer him an invite. But I'm like, yeah, you can go to media days and set up a booth. You know, I mean, in looking at – I've looked at, uh, like, Airbnb Verbo prices down there. Like, we could get a BCJ house. I have a free place to stay. 
that all of us could go and stay. Yes. <laughs> they, they have like eight bedrooms in yeah. the house. Yes. And a, they just oh. put in a, uh, we'll put, we'll put say six figure pool with outdoor kitchen and entertainment center. Okay. Then tell them we're coming next year. <laughs> Give them 365 uh, days notice. Yeah. We're coming yeah. next year and we'll, we'll broadcast from down there. You said you had a free house. I thought you meant like I have a house for me to go and stay at my friend's house. Like I did, I do. But they they have yeah, several several they have several accommodations available. You did not inform me of that part. I can also sleep on the ground or on a couch. So, so yeah, you're young. You can sleep on a lounger. By oh, you're definitely not going. You definitely wouldn't get a bed. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, but um. So what, what are you... Um... Did Dana have a Red Bull and vodka with him? <laughs> no. That's too bad. What... Uh... You look like he, he might have had a few the night before, but no. He didn't well, that's 100% certain. <laughs> what, what are you going to be asking Coach Satterfield tomorrow? I, I, I've had so many ideas go through my head that I can't even... Have you called time. Ben Bryant? uh no i'm not gonna ask him that um probably just i don't think he's spoken on emory since he's i don't know if he's officially the starter but i would say him going to big 12 media day says he's a starter i I ask emory um just the react ask him what it's like to be a coach of a defensive first program is that it? Do you want me coach, to you love that? A, coach? You love offense. What's it like being the head coach of a place where defense is first? <laughs> I'll do that. I'll ask that. I, uh, have, I have I have one for you. Go ahead. I I'll write him down on my Whataburger receipt. Since he's since he's done the whole app state like transition from FCS to Division One, and he's been at another Power Five. And he's not. They're not going to a power five. I'm interested to know now that he's been in, been here, gone through spring practice, gone through summer workouts. How does he feel the roster as a whole, based on his previous experience at Louisville, and based on making the jump from App at, at while he was at App State, up a level in competition? How does he feel the roster is right now? From a like, does he like where it's at? And if, if there, what positions does he feel like they still need to grow to be re- able to compete week in and week out in the Big 12? Because we really haven't got, like, we talked, he had some media availability at spring, but <clears throat> they're in practice and we're talking about things that, like, happen. We're, we're not really talking about the team and the roster as it relates to the season. And now that the schedule's out, like, I'm interested to know like his thought, I and mean, he's not. I'm sure he's not going to be like, "Oh man, the whatever room is terrible." Like, I wish I could get rid of all those guys. But just, uh, just curious, like how? Because he's been pretty transparent and open so That's far. A really long question, Dave. In his ten, no, I'm just, I'm, you know, <laughs> that's not the question. I mean, I gave him the question. Are, are, you, are you still writing, Keegan? No. Jeez. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> no, that's all. I'm sure you'll ask several good ones. 
Yeah, I'm, I got to – I don't want to do too much, like, forecasting what I'm going to say. I want to do a decent amount, but what they say, I want to, like, try to guide my questioning and try to get reactionary questions. So, but it's going to be a lot of – You'll be able to ask it? more questions than you did today. Yeah, yeah, because the breakouts – I mean, he sits there for, like, 30 to 45 minutes at a table, and I'm going to be one of maybe 10 people there, and I'm going to – yeah, so take kind of take us through that. So what we could see, watch if you were watching on TV or watching online, like the coach would talk to the ESPN view crew first, Andre Ware, Dusty Dvorak, Chris Budden on their set. Then they would go to the, the main stage and talk to the assembled press while the other uh, well, the players then would talk to the ESPN people. And then after that, was that when like they kind of then would go off stage and you could get them more, probably more specific to their, their yeah. media group. It was behind the podium. They had um, tables with backdrops of the team set up. So there would be a player at one table and then there'd be the coach and you could do whatever. And then the coach would stay there the whole time. And then the players are kind of rotate in and out based on who was there and how many they had. Um, yeah, but that's where, that's where I talked to Sonny Dykes and then, okay. So it was not very well organized because they make clear that the coaches have a press conference on the field, but they never say anything about the media talking to the players. So the team breakouts is the players and the coaches. And then when they, they talk on the podium and then they go down and there's a like five to 10 minute scrum right next to the podium for more questions. And then everyone's doing the breakouts at the same time for like an hour. But that starts at like, and that starts after the last coach's press conference. So what I kind of feel, so you have to then choose once, like once Scott is done on the main stage, do you then have to choose whether you want to talk to him more or the players, or do you have time to talk to him and talk to all i guess it's what three they brought three or four players four, four um players. and that's just up to my discretion on i have to see what i'm going to get i have to prioritize who i want to hear from the topics that i want to cover um filming that is going to be interesting but <laughs> i'm I need, the priority is satterfield because he would have the most interesting and most right. authoritative things to say but um yeah, so I, that's all my discretion. I can listen in while the players are talking, but yeah, I'll have multiple hands and multiple things. Well, that's like we said, that's why Chad pays you the big bucks. The big bucks. <laughs> I love it. I'm seriously having way too much fun. Like, it's crazy. I mean, First, he only got to go because he sent me a really low ball number. That he needed to survive in Dallas. I was well, like, "What do you need?" He was like, thirty-seven dollars and fifty cents." Uh, I can go, and I was like, "Great, what's your Venmo?" Uh, Jeffrey asked, "What players are at the media days?" Uh, Emory Jones, Dante, Dante Corleone, Deshaun Pace, and Juwan Briggs, right? Yes. Hi, Ed. How many uh, 
bags of old trapper beef jerky did you take? I didn't take any because it wasn't clear that we were allowed to take them or give them out. Or they that, is the, that is the true sign of a media person is if it's free, they are all over it. Cheapest, yeah, cheapest damn people ever. Yeah, there were some people being separated. There were some elbows flying. But <laughs> not the worst I've seen. Well, I can stop. Did you fly or drive? What? Did you fly or drive? Oh, I flew. I flew oh, Frontier, and the dude in the seat next to me ordered a shrimp-flavored cup of noodles halfway through the flight and ate, oh. it. ate the soup on the flight right next you, to me. They have that as an option yeah. on an airplane? Here. The stewardess just comes over and just hands it to him with a napkin. And oh. opens it. Reason, reason number 480 why Frontier is the worst. I will never do it again. The, the charges for seats and bags. It's, I mean, oh, I, you I didn't you didn't know about, about the charges? No. That's oh. Spirit and Frontier. There's like a charge if you want to There's a charge if you want to be able to sit down. There's a charge if you want to get on the plane. Yeah, they have Stupid. a – so my brother flew Frontier – from Vegas here for my son's birthday and your carry-on count like your personal bag counts you get that for free but it has to fit in a very specific like box and if yeah. it doesn't it's a hundred bucks just boom <laughs> so he had a he just had a backpack and he was like yeah I made it work but he's like yeah people he's like People were so pissed they got there and like they're measuring their bags. They're like, nope, that's a hundred, that's too big, that's a hundred dollars. They're like, they had no idea what was going on. He was like, it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. you? No, that was not me. My bags were fine. Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say Chad's gonna get the bill for the checked bags. No. <laughs> no. That wasn't in the uh that wasn't in the estimate. In the proposal. Ricky yeah, that wasn't in the proposal. Ricky he didn't Mr. say he needed hundred and thirty seven dollars and fifty cents. So obviously your uh, <laughs> your main focus is on UC tomorrow. Is there anybody else you're interested in in hearing from, or is it is it pretty much just all Bearcats tomorrow? Mm. Uh, Ask I mean, the Central Florida guys if they've ever interned at the front desk of a Howard Johnson. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Just, just, I mean, really, like this is why. I don't go because I would ask all of them. So is your major hospitality management? And if not, why? <laughs> what is hospitality management? That's just That's being like a good the, person. Like, like the number one no, it's like working in the service industry, working at a hotel, working at a yeah restaurant. Like, yeah, that's what they do. That's why I mean, we always have, make the Howard Johnson jokes. Half the majors of Mick Cronin's best basketball teams were always criminal justice. Oh, yeah. Sure. So we were all training to be like forensic pathologists for the FBI. <laughs> They're going to be on criminal mind. Hey, look, yeah. look, look. <laughs> Anthony McBride is in the Secret Service. Uh, Brian Johnson, you must have missed last week's podcast because I specifically talked about a Howard Johnson in Reno, Nevada. That for the NCAA tournament next year is eight dollars a night. <laughs> comes with free bed bugs. I think it comes with more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and herpes. 
But yes, that we that's a we we talked about the the Hojo last night or last week in fact. So yeah. Um, Is that I Will? What, I see Will. Will. Yeah. Otherwise, he's in, he's in bed. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Did he just come down the stairs? I think so. I don't see him. <laughs> There he is. I saw him. I saw him. Check, the, check the stairs. Yes. There's people yeah. coming down your stairs. If it's not Will, something's happening. What are you doing? <laughs> you want to say hi? Hi. Hello. Hi. 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 Will, where's your where's your shirt? Where's your shirt? All right, time for bed. <laughs> All right, bye. That's a proper response. <laughs> Will, you don't live in Covington. Where's your shirt? It's bedtime. We, we're, there's no no jammies. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to hearing from Venables. I think that'll be interesting. Um, Malzahn, obviously. Um, I don't know what else. I, don't know else. I feel like what? Who's then? Who's tomorrow? Matt Campbell. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. I like Matt Campbell. Sat. Ask Matt Campbell if he's glad Fickle's not in Ohio anymore. Um, Chris Kleiman. You got all the good per. Like you got most of the Joey McGuire should be. He's, he seems like he's got some personality. I heard yeah, the BYU guy was all kinds of personality today. Yeah, he he was on the stage and there was like a. Literally a minute long pause of no one is like wanted to ask a question. And I'm the moderator. I'm like, dude, this is like five seconds of silence. And then you say you're done. Okay, just get off the stage. And then he goes, Is everybody done? All right, can can we all go eat somewhere? Because I'm really hungry. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and he's, then, a, well, he's a lineman. Yeah. Someone asked a question, that's, then he was up there for 10 more minutes. So that's when you ask him, like, are you buying? Because if you're buying, <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Neil, Neil Brown, you can ask him, like, what's it feel to be on the hot seat? You know, look, <laughs> UC fans are very excited to renew our rivalry with West Virginia. Will you still be the coach November 18th? <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Matt Campbell, like, okay, be honest. Were you, like, that close to coaching Cincinnati? And how awkward would that have been if <laughs> you were the coach of Cincinnati? Now, ask him about the football camp that uh, he allowed Luke Fickle's son to sign up. He tried to host a satellite camp in Cincinnati. He allowed Luke Fickle's son to sign up for the camp. Uh, so then Luke Fickle showed up at the camp with four former UC offensive linemen, all dressed in black, and just stood on the track at the high school. And uh, after the camp was over, all the kids that were local, that were high major prospects, came over and talked to Luke. <laughs> The David game. Montgomery reach isn't that far. <laughs> like that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, well, I, did you eat your dinner already? Or are we holding you up from eating oh, your dinner? I haven't eaten my dinner. Have I gotten up from the seat? I don't know. All right. We'll, we'll let you go then. I can stay. Is on. it there? Is it no, like at the door? No, I scheduled it from eight thirty to. Oh, 9. okay. I was I was hoping that it wasn't just sitting outside of your hotel room door, waiting for you to. You went Airbnb instead of hotel, right? Way cheaper. 
I always go yeah. Airbnb. It's like a suite and it's cheaper. Right. So. And you don't feel like you're in a hotel. Exactly. I agree. I'm, a, I'm of the same. Uh, Free Netflix on all the TVs all the time. If you want to invite strippers over, you don't have no, to like, feel no, the no. awkward walking through the lobby. Just kidding. I hope no. watching. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't uh. put extra money in the budget for that. Trust me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't really have anything else, Dave. Well, you already taught. You did an, a wonderful feature on Emory Jones, by the way. And so, if, if you talk, talk about what's yeah, let's talk about yeah. That. Give us give us some more to, scoop. Give us some more scoop on your conversations with Emory and his family, well, his coaches. Yeah, Emory was Emory was absolutely a quarter of like my interviews, and I, I mean that to say that like. His mom made that story. Trina, Trina was so awesome talking to me, and she's she she so clearly had an impact on Emery and everyone around him. That um, like he's the man he is today because she raised him the right way. Um, Coach Barron had an awesome quote, and it was talking about how how humble Emery was. And he's like, you know, you're living in a city with one red light. And you have like 20 D1 power five offers because you're a four star and, you know, you're just another teammate to you. You know, you're, it wasn't like walking around with his chest puffed up or anything. He's just an, another dude and because he values a team and he values his teammates. So it, it was a really great experience. Um, I loved writing it. Um, I feel like I learned a lot about Emory and how he came up, why he's good what he wants to do this year, why he came to Cincinnati. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I, uh, I'm i excited to watch him. I know you guys have probably talked about it. It depends on which Emory, Emory Jones we get. But, I mean, they could be 3-9 or 9-3. and three. I think that's what you said on off the bench, Chad, uh, Tom Brenneman. But 4-8 and eight to 8-4. Eight and 4-8 and eight. 3 would be pretty confident they're going to beat Eastern Kentucky and Miami. If they yeah. go three and nine, <laughs> things went wrong. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm very, things I'm went wrong. You know, I've, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm probably, you know, I fully understand that, especially at Arizona State, things did not go probably anywhere near the way he hoped, wanted, anticipated. Um, but I also have to kind of couch that with the fact, with the pure fact that he is a sixth-year guy that has never really had like a true, like, badass season, and yeah. and is is that it can't be all on like Dan Mullen not giving a shit about recruiting his his at the end of his time at Florida and them having like less talent around him. And it can't all be on Herm Edwards and the mess that was Arizona State. So, like, does Scott Satterfield and the way he runs his offense, does that help him elevate his game a little bit? Like, where do where do the improvements in his game come from 
from a sixth-year guy, you know, you kind of know what you're getting at this point in the, in the college player's career. Um, where does that improvement come from? Does the offensive line and the wide, like the wide receiver room uncertainty, does that hinder it? Is he an, can he be an elevator? Like there's just, there's a lot of questions. Um, They're going to have to score points. I mean, every team in the big 12 last year, besides West Virginia scored at least 30 a game. So the defense can be really good. And if you're giving up 24, 27, 31 points a game, and I can still be pretty good, but it doesn't mean Jack if we can't score more than twenty or twenty-four points. So, yeah, I just there's a lot of questions. You know, he seems like he's the right kind of guy. He seems like a good. He seems like a good fit for the offense. Um, but I just I kind of got to see it just because of you know we haven't really seen it yet, and you don't typically see a guy on his third stop in his sixth year just all of a sudden become like you know a top tier quarterback in a power five conference. Yeah. I, I love the fit. I think that that's checking a box that Satterfield has a quarterback that he likes. And Emory said it was the recommendation of Malik Cunningham that really sold him on Cincinnati. Um, but I mean, I get what you're saying about it. Can't all be on Mullen and Edwards, but you know, the two years that he's had complete control of the offense as a quarterback, both the coaches have been on the hot seat. One was fired during the season. One like the day after basically. Right. So that definitely has an impact on the locker room and the psyche of the team is like, you know, some stuff's about to go down. If we don't start winning, someone's going to get fired this time around in his sixth year. There's a sense of like freedom that he has to have knowing that he has nowhere to go or nowhere to turn like you're at Cincinnati and then you're done. So coach Barron, his old high school coach told me that, he always felt that he had to be the guy and he put way too much pressure on him. And he said that quarterbacks don't thrive under pressure and that his expectations are way higher. So if he can just play free and I think he's in a good situation now, his mom told me, and I didn't put this in the story, but his mom told me at Arizona state, he still looked at his playbook from Florida and tried to implement stuff from Florida at Arizona state because of how different, the game was and how different they played. So he wasn't used to it at all at Arizona state. And he tried to go back to what he had at Florida a little bit, but now I think, look, he, he told me Satterfield, lets his guys go. So if he can just play freely and play confidently, I think we could see the four, four slash five star Emory Jones that was recruited out of Heard County. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see a much more innovative and I think a much better sequential play caller in Scott Satterfield and his offense. I mean, say whatever we want about Louisville and their overall record and his time there, but they're the only team in the country to average 200 yards passing and 200 yards rushing in the last four years. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not, by no means am I saying that it's going to be five in a row. I mean, there's a lot of questions, especially on the O-line. I think the wide receiver room is is maybe a little bit better than than um, assuming guys stay healthy. I think it's very top heavy, but I think they do have some targets there that can make a difference. Um, yeah. But you know, I like you said, and like we've, I mean, I think the fit is really, really good. It's just a matter of like how much does does that help him, and how much does not 
kind of having all the other stuff going on around you um, impact your play and, and your whole team's play. Cause you, you know, he might've been doing the right thing nine out of 10 plays, but other guys might've been the issue. And we, we don't know yeah. that because we, I don't, I didn't follow Florida and follow Certainly didn't follow the disaster that was Arizona state under Herm Edwards. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. I, I obviously I hope so because I think it's going to be kind of the make or break thing. Um, you know, I don't think he, like Pitt's got to always is going to have a good defense, but like the beginning of the schedule sets up pretty nice for him to to get his feet under him and then to get in a rhythm. Like Oklahoma and BYU, neither of those two have really daunting defenses, or at least they didn't last year. So. Um, and you get a bye week and then you get Iowa State. That'll be a challenge in Baylor. But, um, well, you know, I, I wish him I wish him well because I, I don't think as much as excited as we are about the Bradys, I don't think either of them are ready to step into this type of a situation. So, you know, hopefully Emory can can grab hold of it and, and be successful and doesn't force force their hand to make a move. Yeah. Keegan, important. What size bed did you book at this Airbnb? Queen? Get a queen? I think it's just a, a full. A full? I think it's just a full. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a that's not like you're you're kind of a big guy, bigger I'm, guy. How, I'm six you, foot two hundred. Yeah, that's I, not. You need a you need a queen, son. No, I do not. I could sleep in a twin. I'm fine. I I, very, I don't have um... Keegan. What you could do and what you want to do should be two different things. Like I could sleep in a single. I'm five seven. I would not sleep in a bed smaller than a king. <laughs> <laughs> I have low standards for that. I, I don't. I just. I want oh. a pillow. Oh, it'll be twenty three again. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> the size right, man. impacts. How you feel when you wake yeah. up? I, yes, I'd have been. I'd have been looking for a. I'd have been looking for a house with a pool and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Again, I only asked for thirty-seven dollars, so I can't cash it out too much. Well, that's that. Again, you should ask. You're the best for more. <laughs> all right, man. all right. Good work today. We will. Thank uh, you. We'll we'll catch you tomorrow. Okay. So, I'm all excited to check out what you got for us tomorrow. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. See you later. Appreciate you, man. All right, there you go. That was Keegan Nickerson. That is the first BCJ timestamp. We got a new sponsor, Dave. Are you excited? The new sponsor. I'm extremely excited. Turtles Brew. It is a uh, it's a bourbon infused sweet tea. It comes in cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla. It's sold at 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. 6% ABV, uh, zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and the locations that you can find to buy. Uh, they're also in Toledo and expanding now in central Ohio. So check out the website. You can find out everywhere to get it. And guess what, Dave? A portion of the proceeds... Go to save the sea turtles. Well, I'm, I'm so, all about that. Are you, you're not. 
You're not a big bourbon guy, are you? I mean, I kind of like to spread the love, you know? Okay. Okay. That's what I like hey, to hear. If it's delicious, I'll drink it. <laughs> All right. It's time to uh, it's time to get this show rolling in a different direction. Before we do that, it is the Big 12 preview, the Big 12 look ahead, and that's brought to you by Team Ticker. Team Ticker is a one-of-a-kind sports sign for Bearcats fans. It's high-tech retro display, provides daily updates of all the latest news, stats, schedules, betting odds, and much more. No subscription required. If you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave, a gift for that special Bearcats fan, or if you're getting ready to send your youngster to UC, nothing would look better in their dorm room, their apartment, you name it, than the team ticker. These things are awesome. It's a local company started by two UC alumni. It's easy to hang. Uh, they play the It plays the fight song at game time. It's got LED backlighting, so it stands out. And uh, it's officially licensed through the collegiate licensing company and manufactured right here in Ohio. Get yourself one of these bad boys at teamticker.com. All right, let's keep it rolling. We've got a guest, McLean Baxley, who is covering Oklahoma State. McLean, sorry you had to sit through all the paying the bills portion, but uh, we appreciate you joining us. How are you? Doing good. Trying to stay cool. Is it, is it a hot, hot one down there? It is about, a, it's what, 8 o'clock, and it is about 105 degrees oh. here in Arlington, Texas. It is yeah, ridiculous. Disgusting. disgusting. But, uh... <clears throat> But thank you. I know you had a, had a busy busy day since uh, Coach Gundy spoke today. What was your, you know, your first impressions of him on the dais? And it seemed like everybody threw him a nice softball. Just said, "Talk about Bedlam," and he went at it. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest. He, I think he came here with uh, three talking points. The first one, uh, talk about Bedlam and how it's all Oklahoma's fault. Uh, you know, talking about how. You know, it was their choice to leave uh, for the SEC. It was their choice to end any, you know, rivalries or conference ties uh, with the current Big 12 members. Uh, so that was one point. The second point was to talk about the transfer portal and how, you know, it's changing and he's got to change with it. And um, he's, trying, he's trying his best. Um, and the third one was NIL, which he didn't talk about as much, but he definitely got some some key points in there. But, uh, no, I thought he was fine. And I thought, you know, he's, he's very uh, uh, lax in this in this era of uh, the, the Mike Gundy, the, uh, this chapter of the Mike Gundy era and um, very lax and, and definitely, uh, you know, excited for the season. Um, and, and I think he's kind of, uh, kind of hopeful, but also kind of uncertain of what's going to happen with both his team and the others uh, in the conference. Yeah. I want to ask, cause Oklahoma state got off to a really good start last year, six and one, and then they had some injuries and, and it just seemed like things got real weird. Um, What's kind of the vibe around the program, around the fan base right now, going into what I think you're 19 of his career, and he's never had a losing, like, never had a losing season. So, like, what is what is what is everybody thinking right now? Yes, yeah, so this is year 19, and he's been to a bowl game in the last 17 years. That's, the that's one right. year he missed was it was his first season uh, as head coach. So, you know, there's that expectation of like we're gonna make a bowl game. Sure, and and you know when the uh, rankings came, or the preseason rankings came out last year or last week, you know sh- slot at seventh, middle of the pack. I think that's kind of where uh, a lot of media people and a lot of uh, um, you know fans kind of expected it to be. You know they they 
have a pretty new team. You know, I think I saw where 41 percent of the team is new, uh, whether whether by transfer portal or by uh, JUCO or by high school uh, recruiting. So pretty a lot of uncertainty around the team. You know, a lot and a lot of those new guys are uh, in key roles. You know, Alan Bowman uh, is the expected starting quarterback. He was at Texas Tech and then Michigan and now uh, in Stillwater. So I think the expectation is like do good. And if we do good, then maybe we can be have a great season because like, you know, I talked with uh, you know, receiver Brendan Presley last, or, uh, about last season about how they started six and one and then, you know, made a bowl game. And, and that, that's about as good as they could get. And I asked him, like, what was the, now that you've had time to think about it and look at what went wrong? What can't, what did go wrong? He said, it just, a, you know, a lot of things, you know, injuries, uh, teams got better as the season went on and they didn't. And so now it's a new season and I think the players and coach and, and fans are kind of excited to see, you know, how good that this team can be. And, you know, with the expectation of we're going to make a bowl game, we know that it's kind of a given uh, until proven otherwise. So I think I think expectations are, are you know good enough, and there's no expectation of a college football playoff run. I don't think right now. And but I mean, a lot of times when they did you know make you know BCS runs in the past, th- those were kind of unexpected. So you know we'll see we'll see how they can do. McLean, real quick, Dave, I just take UC fans through how narrow the margin for error is in this conference because. It feels like there are teams every year. TCU last year predicted seven. Oklahoma State, when they were playing in the championship game, was predicted down in the the bottom half of the conference. Uh, You see, well, Texas every year is predicted to be near the top, and they finish in the middle. Like, how thin are the is the margin for error in this conference, and how critical is it to be a good fourth quarter team if you're going to win in this league? Because it feels like every game is decided in the final five minutes. I mean, I think looking across, you know, landscape of college football, the Big 12 is definitely has the most parity. I mean, we saw, you know, talk, several people were talking about today where uh, the last three the last three Big 12 championships have featured six different teams. Uh, and, and, you know, none of, them were, none of those were Texas. And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, like you said, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, case State are probably the three favorites. Um, but will those two of those three be playing uh, here in December on, on December 2nd in uh, Cowboy Stadium? Probably not, just based on how history has gone the past, you know, 10 years or so. I mean, from from one to 14, I don't know how big of a margin of difference there is as far as, you know, looking at the roster, looking at what they came back, what, you know, looked at, look at last year, two years ago, uh, results and everything. It's, it's a very slim margin versus where you look at, you know, the SEC where there's, you know, one great team, two or three good teams, and then, you know, decent teams, and then Vanderbilt. So, uh, whereas in Big 12, I don't think there's a really team that's very clear in a way the favorite versus very clear in a way the worst team in the conference, uh, which I think makes for fun uh, Saturday afternoons and perhaps Thursday and Friday nights, as uh, the commissioner takes, talked about today. I was really hoping he took a shot at Tennessee there, Dave, but he didn't. He took a Ten- shot at Tennessee's Dave. back, baby. We're paying eight million dollars for quarterbacks. Like, come on, you can't take shots at us anymore. I don't know. I was at the uh, Georgia Tennessee game last season when Tennessee came in rolling hot, and uh, oh yeah, they didn't, I mean, score, they they just, they didn't score till the second half. You they know? just beat Alabama. The rest of the season was, was great. Was gravy. Um, Nineteen transfers out, which is a big number for a program that did not have a coaching change. When you talk to people around the program, like. Is there a theme as to why that happened, or is it just the transfer portal now? I think it's the transfer portal, and obviously, you know, 
couple of, you know, all the players were asked about guys that had left, especially because some of them stayed in a lot, you know, several of the guys that transferred out stayed in conference or, or went to Tulsa, you know, right down the road and stuff. And I mean, I think it's just the nature of the game, truthfully. And I know it's kind of coach speak, but I mean, a lot of teams dealt with this. Uh, obviously, you know, they didn't have as many, um, you know, as Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was in the top 10 for most uh, guys leaving. Um, but I mean, even there were guys on, you know, Georgia and, uh, TCU and, and teams that, you know, had good seasons last year and guys that were contributors at, at different teams uh, just go test the waters. And some of them came back to those schools and some of them ended up leaving uh, for good. Um, I mean, I, I just think it's the nature of college football. And uh, I think, I think Gundy's a little more, you know, if you leave, you're leaving than other coaches might be uh, about, you know, whether that's loyalty or whether that's, you know, I like you or not, but uh but yeah, I mean, it is something that I think we'll continue to see throughout this, throughout you know, college football over the next for for until something else changes or there's a a limit or, or something that kind of uh, negates that. But I think for the time being, that's just gonna be how it is. I mean, there's kids that are entering the transfer portal uh, in, after August camp, uh, and then there's also kids that are entering it after you know all you know, all the way past the spring game and and you know April May. So um, it's 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 the trend of where college football is now for sure. You mentioned Alan Bowman earlier, transferred in from Michigan after uh, spending some time at Texas Tech. Me, watching from afar, I kind of assumed he was the starter. Coach Gundy kind of sidestepped that a bit today. Didn't really call out any quarterback by name, I don't think, in anything that I saw him talk about. Is your expectation that he'll be the starter, and and how do you kind of – how does it sound like things have been going? Cause I mean, he kind of really hasn't done much for two years. So what's, you know, what have you kind of heard as far as him? Is he, you know, inside firmly the starter or is this still kind of competition as we go to a real competition as we head into August? Yeah. So I, I you know, I asked a uh, you know, receiver, Brennan Presley and then a uh, lineman, Preston Wilson uh, about Bowman and, and, and Presley, you know, Presley and uh, several other receivers went out with uh, with Bowman out to California earlier this summer to uh, throw and run routes. And I'm not sure if you would go, you know, halfway across the country to go throw routes if you're catching them from the backup. Um, and, and whereas, you know, Preston Wilson said uh, he led with Bowman, but he also did mention uh, Gunnar Gundy and uh, uh, Wrangle there as other options. And he kind of talked a little bit more about how it's different. Um, you know, snapping and, and blocking for different quarterbacks. And, and like you said, Gun- Gundy didn't say any quarterback. He didn't say Alan Bowman's name. He didn't say Gunnar Gundy. He didn't say uh, yeah, the other guy. Um, but, but, yeah, I think it's pretty assumed that, you know, Alan Bowman, he's a six-year guy. He's 20, 23 years old, comes in. You know, he, he like you said, it's, it's a weird case because he did have success uh, for the Red Raiders in Lubbock and then took a year two years off in Michigan and, you know, rode the bench. Uh, didn't really see much action there, and, and now he's coming in as a starter for another Power Five team. And um, I've gotten plenty of offseason questions about you know the the rarity of that, and and it it is just very odd. And um, it's a kid that's using his you know the transfer portal to his success and or to his advantage. And um, I think he's thinking that we'll play off it, and and he'll have a good season here. Uh, you know, under uh, you know Casey Dunn and and. Um, Tim Rade and, and, you know, under Gundy and, and have a good successful uh, season, you know, working with these receivers uh, as much as he can in the off season. But yeah, I mean, as of right now, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident saying that Alan Bowman, you know, is likely going to be the starter there against uh, central Arkansas in September. 
besides him, we have to look at the portal edition so much more now when trying to figure out if teams are going to be good or not. Who are some of the other guys that they brought in that, that could be instant impact guys kind of replacing um, some of the departures that they lost? I mean, most of the defense and, and several of the offensive line is a guy is, is, is a um, two areas of focus. I mean, they, they lost a lot of defensive talent, you know, both, on the defensive line and then at linebacker positions, so they've, they've been able to replace those. Uh, no guys really stand out. I mean, Bowman is the, the guy that's kind of standing out, but then, you know, on, on offense, um, Stribling or Stratling, he's a receiver from um, Washington State. He's supposed to come in, and, and he's got really good thighs, really good raw athleticism, and, and did well at Washington State. You know, had, had several uh, hundred yards last year, and, and he's going to come in, I think, be, uh, you know, kind of sec- that secondary uh, weapon behind uh, behind Presley there on, at receiver and um, really I mean everywhere you look I mean because of how many guys left you look at every position and there's at least one or two guys that that uh, is new whether again whether whether via the portal or or uh, as, a, as a high school recruit that, that are expected to kind of come in and be uh, you know ha- have roles and, and contribute to this year's team whether as a freshman or as a you know, first year transfer and everything. So it's, it's, a, it's a very odd situation, but it's becoming kind of the norm situation, it feels like. Oklahoma State has the a new defensive coordinator for the second year in a row. Kind of tell us a little bit about the new because he came from Division Two, I believe. And and what kind of changes is he making and what's what's kind of been the reception to him uh, so far since he's been in Stillwater? So the biggest thing is, is they're going to run a three-three-five uh, scheme there on defense, and obviously that that, that affects you know the defensive line and, and kind of that uh, middle ground you know with, with, with you know linebackers and, and kind of touching the secondary and uh, you know talking with uh, you know some rec- obviously in the, in the recruiting game he, he recruits love him and he's most of their uh, successes come from uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, and then Corey Black you know cornerback. Um, Talked highly of him, Colin Oliver, another you know all conference guy that uh, expected to do well again this year. They were highly uh, complimentary towards him, and and he's he's had an impact for sure, especially given he hasn't been here full off season really. He was he, um, I think it was around January when they when they officially hired him and made it official, and so um, yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had a pretty big impact, and especially with the way that they uh, you know run things in that scheme, I mean, both. Uh, Oliver and Black said it wasn't. It's kind of gonna be a huge, uh, huge change, other than like you know how they approach, uh, you know, rushing the quarterback. But um, and you know at cornerback, uh, he's still gonna have to guard guys on the outside and, and deep in the secondary. But um, that's where his his impact can be very crucial. And um, but based off of you know, talking with players and future players and and you know Gundy, they were all very complimentary and uh, receptive to the changes that he's been making. So. It was perfect timing when I was trying to figure out who we were going to have on this week as our Big 12 guest when I saw that you picked the Bearcats ninth in, in the Big 12 poll. And I was like, well, obviously we have to have McLean on because the, I mean, the guy seems to be higher on UC than anybody else in the Big 12. So is that based on you having a great knowledge of Scott Satterfield's offense, or you just think they're better than the rest of this, the crappy teams behind them? Well, I made that pick because I was like, if I make this pick, Bearcat Journal is going to have me on their podcast, right? That's, exactly. That's um, no, I mean, we talked about earlier, just the parody, and, and, you know, I've seen them have success in, in recent years and against, you know, Power 5 teams, and you'll get, you know, what they're returning. And, yeah, I mean, so I, so 
uh, you know, full transparent, you know, I went to Georgia Southern. I saw how, you know, Satterfield's uh, App State teams did against Georgia Southern and against the rest of the Sun Belt and against, you know, Power 5 teams in North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, and some of the other schools, uh, Wake Forest. And um, so, yeah, I, I think he can do well, you know, given what it's – obviously it's going to be a big uh, jump both for him and for uh, Cincinnati as a whole, you know, going from, you know, the American to uh, – uh, to the Big 12, but they've played Power 5 schools before. These players, especially, have, have played against you know, Power 5 and, and quote-unquote, you know, big teams before. Um, so it will be an adjustment, but I think it's one that they can handle. And it also goes to just, you know, how good slash bad the rest of the conference is and is, expect, is expected to be. And um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they, they have proven themselves to be a top 10 team in the conference. And uh, until proven otherwise, you know, I like, I like my poll right now. Uh, hey, we do too. Big fans. I think I think y'all, I think and uh, Kansas fans are very uh, you have receptive Kansas, of my. You have Kansas uh, my, third, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I don't know if that was, you know, uh, you just kind of hangover from last year's success they had, or hey, just man, really if, buying Jalen Daniels or what. If he doesn't but, get hurt last year, I mean, who knows how how good of a season they have? But I mean, that's the thing is, like when we do, we do our, you know, nobody asked us, but. We we did our poll. No, they did. I was just. I think I was in Orlando for volleyball oh. nationals, and we didn't get to to do the poll. I think I had. Te- I put Texas Tech second just because there has been this whole like teams that have been in picked in that like four to seven range end up being in the conference championship game in the last several years. So it's like it's you know who cares? It's a crapshoot. Like you know if UC was thirteenth or eleventh or ten, like it you know. It's, it's all the same to me. But, um, Chad, you got anything from McLean? Yeah, I'm just curious with with the two teams leaving, is there a sense at Oklahoma State that, like, there is this opportunity to jump up? And I know they're not looking to – they're not expected to have a great, you know, a, a, a great season this year in terms of competing for the, the NY6 spot or, or things of that nature. But is there this feeling that long-term, like – we now have this opportunity to like, you know, plan ourselves at the top of this league. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the past, you know, what, I mean, really under Gundry's thing, they've, they've made, uh, you know, the New Year's six bowl a couple years ago and, you know, upset uh, Notre Dame there in the Fiesta bowl. And then pre New Year six went back when it was still the BCS, you know, they went to the uh, 2011 Fiesta bowl and, and uh, beat Andrew Luck and Stanford there, uh, they're out in Arizona. So they've, they've been able to prove that they can compete and, and make those, uh, kind, kind of be the face of the Big 12 uh, several on several occasions. Um, and so I think by, you know, taking Oklahoma and Texas out, you know, Oklahoma obviously uh, has been to multiple uh, college football playoffs. Texas a couple years ago beat a Georgia team in, in the Sugar Bowl. So they, they've, they've shown that they can uh, be the kind of face of the Big 12. I think with them leaving, that opens the door for Oklahoma State. That opens the door for Kansas State, Kansas, uh, Texas Tech. I mean, really any of these teams can kind of uh, get, back, get up on that mantle. But I think Oklahoma State's probably – the one that has the most experience of being able to get there and uh, do that under this coaching stuff, under Gundy, under Dunn, um, and a couple other you know position coaches that they can make that jump and, and you know be the, be the team of the Big Twelve that which they like and which uh, they can be. Uh, I know Cincinnati is organizing some trips to Oklahoma State for the Cincinnati Oklahoma State game. What can UC fans expect? What do they need? Are there any things that they like? they must do that, that, you know, are on that list when they get to Stillwater? 
so this is gonna be my first football season here too. Uh, you know, I, I uh, you know joined twenty four seven in May, and so this will be my first uh, full season in Stillwater. I've been, I'm enjoying it so far. You know, Eskimo Joe's is kind of the classic. Uh, you know, dive bar, college bar. Uh, you know, their uh, chili cheese fries are legendary. Uh, as they were on you know, several Food Network shows, and George W. Bush gave him his stamp of appro- approval. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely different restaurants, you know, hideaway pizza is a, a pizza shop that that's, you know, very local there down in downtown Stillwater. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a college town as college town can be. So, uh, definitely when fans come down, it'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll get a full experience and there's gonna be black and orange and go folks everywhere. So you just gave us the places that you go to have beverages since you moved to Stillwater. I, I have indeed consumed beverage, a, a, a beer too at some of these institutions. They, they have, they, my credit card is swiped a couple of times at some of these places. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anything else, Dave? Uh, I, with, with the Bedlam series presumably ending, who becomes Oklahoma State's main rival? Gundy was asked that by a bunch of people today, and he didn't have an answer. Um, I mean, I, I, Tulsa's still there. They play them, you know, every other year or so. Um, obviously, you know, they're, they're in a group of five conference still. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, TCU doesn't really have a full-time rival, you know, not SMU's on the same conference, uh, you know, Texas tech is there and, and, you know, Gundy was kind of talking about, you know, Baylor and TCU and Texas tech and some of these schools that are, you know, four or five hours, Kansas, Kansas state are, are, are already a rivalry, obviously. So there's no, you know, ge- geographical fit fully that, that fans can get behind, but, um, you know, rivalries are good for college football, good for college sports, good for sports period. And so I think having a game uh, that they play every year that, you know, it's played in Stillwater one year, it's played on the road the next year and fans can really rally behind is something that's good. So uh, I hope they find that and, and whether they, you know, give it a name or make a trophy for it is one thing, but definitely a, having a game that, that fans can definitely be like, this is the game this year that, that we're very excited for. It, it will, will be good for Oklahoma State in the future, I believe. SMU is not, where's SMU? What happened? Where's I? I'm not, where was that? Something? Oh, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, man. Thanks a lot, McLean. Tell them where they can find you on social media, where they can find you on 24-7, all that good stuff. Yeah, so on uh, Twitter, it's going to be at McLean Baxley, M-C-C-L-A-I-N-B-A-X-L-E-Y. I'm there more than I should be. And then, uh, yeah, on 247, it's Go Pokes, 247.com. Uh, that's where we're at, and we'll have coverage this week and on throughout the season uh, for football, basketball, recruiting, and, and all the good stuff in Stillwater. Do, do you at least have your air conditioning on in that car? Yes, it is uh, okay. cranked all the way, okay. almost the, almost all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You, it, it, your phone does a great job because I can't hear it, and I was worried you were just sitting in that car like somebody, you know, like how when they find a dog in one of those cars, somebody's gonna have to break a window and like rescue yeah, I would have uh, like, you out. I would have, I would have hit y'all with the uh, hospital bill. If that was the case, uh, <laughs> if, I, if, if it needed to be. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Great stuff, and uh, I'm sure we'll hit you up right around uh, the the time that the game gets here, game week, and uh, and, and talk again. All right, sounds good, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for playing. Good stuff. There you go. That's. I mean, name a show tonight that put more Big Twelve Media Days content out than us. You can't. I don't think you can. I mean, takes, I mean, it takes an incredible amount of preparation and dedication to line up two guests for one show 
an hour's worth of Big 12 Media Day slash hour and 15 minutes and slash opponent preview. I mean, like, I'm done. I mean, I feel like I've I've done all I need to do tonight. Yeah, I mean, we might not have a whole lot left. <laughs> we'll timestamp that. We'll timestamp the team ticker Big 12 uh, preview segment, uh, teamticker.com. Get your team ticker. And we'll timestamp that with our newest sponsor, Turtles Brew. Zero carbs, zero sugar, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea. Cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla. 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. 6% ABV. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. They're in Cincinnati. They're in Toledo. Now expanding into central Ohio. So uh, good stuff. And hopefully... Well, are you are you going to try to get something to take I, with you? I, I did look it up. It is it is said to be sold at a location close to my house. I'm I'm right. hoping that they have the orange vanilla. I feel like that might be one that I would enjoy. Are you so, going to buy all three and then taste test? I mean, taste test on next week's pod. Taste test on that, or like before you go on vacation, so you know which, like, which one you gotta. No, we need to, we need it like live and be like, this okay. is the first time we're trying it. Okay. Okay. See what, see what happens. All right. I'm excited. Well, I like sweet tea. I like I, bourbon. I mean, kind of out on both, but I will definitely drink it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't drink tea. ABV. Period, per- tea. Period. But I will give. Well, it I, I, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to drink regular tea. Are you kidding? Like, no. But sweet tea, yeah, sweet yeah. tea's good stuff. You're going to be in the South, like. For, you're going to be in for, Florida. They drink all kinds of sweet tea. Not the South. It's Florida. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's just Florida. It's like Cincinnati being in the Northeast. Yeah. Because it's east of the Mississippi and north south of Ohio. (laughs) Oh, boy. But anyway, yes. I mean, what? Sorry. I was just going to say, any any of Dave's thoughts? I do have some some thoughts. Not necessarily media day thoughts. I've been – I dug a little deeper into the football schedule. Okay. I I try to go even further than the average – podcast co-host I wanted to look at a couple things I wanted to look at I think it's fair to say that Texas, Kansas State Oklahoma, kind of like the three this year that might be a a skosh above the rest a skosh a little bit above the rest I mean, Texas has a boatload of talent they are back, so I mean this I've been talking about this for a long Clearly time. Back. I mean, yeah, you are. There's nobody on the Texas's back train more than you. No, I mean, I, Kansas State brings back a ton of experience, especially on the offensive line. They do lose Deuce Vaughn. They lost Julian Brents as defensive back, but like quarterbacks back. T- a lot of their weapons are back. Offensive nine super seniors. You know, over 100 starts on the offensive line. Defense is still going to be strong. And then I think Oklahoma going to take it, going to get back to where they've been, have a little bit of an easier schedule um, and just a, a higher talent level. I'm not sure exactly what happened last year, but, you know, Dylan Gabriel coming to the nip. We know how that's going to go. So, um, but I wanted to look at in this new scheduling format, 
Does anybody play all three of them? Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas State. And there are two teams that play all three of them. Kansas and TCU. So I'm kind of saying, okay, well, I mean, those teams should be good, but I mean, that could be three three league losses right there, with, and you could play a good game and still lose those three games. Then I wanted to look at, well, okay, if, if there's a couple teams that play all three, does anybody only play one? Well, we know UC only plays one. They play Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma, oddly enough, only plays one, and they play Texas. And then West Virginia only plays one, and they play OU. So, like, UC is one of a few teams that only has to play one of the perceived top three teams. You have a couple teams in front of them in the, in the preseason ranking that has to play all three. And then I looked at, and it's not necessarily fair to go year over year, especially in the transfer portal era. And teams' rosters change so dramatically and everything, but I wanted to look at, well, of the six Big 12 teams that they're playing that were in the Big 12 last year, because they are, you know, they also call it lucky, call it whatever, they're playing the other three new teams. So there's only six Big 12 teams that they're playing. How did those teams do last year? Do you want to take a guess at how many of those teams had a winning Big 12 record last year, Chad? Uh, how many were there again? Six, six of their nine because they're playing the three, the other three newbies. Right, right, right. So how many of the six um, do you think had a winning Big 12 record last year? Two. How about zero? Wow. Oklahoma... Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Kansas combined to go 18 and 36 in conference last year. Interesting. Again, it's not one for one. It's not apples to apples. Things change sure. dramatically year, year over year. But if you're not playing, you're only playing one of the presumptive top three teams and of the six returning Big 12 teams you're playing, none of them had a win. Are they all going to all of a sudden flip it and they all end up having a winning record next year? I find that hard to believe. Right. So. Essentially, it's what we talked about when the schedule came out when we said, I don't think, I think both of us agreed on this. I don't think if you like tasked us with, okay, Dave and Chad, make the easiest Big 12 schedule you can for Cincinnati that we could have made it any different than what it was yeah, designed I mean, if, as. if you told me make the big the easiest big 12 schedule and you have you're, you're obviously playing one of Oklahoma or Texas. Right. Well, I would have said okay, I'll play Oklahoma and I'll play them at home. Right. And then I'm going to pick all these other teams and that's exactly what they got. Yeah. Like so, it just the, the easier ones on the road, the tougher ones at home, like not playing the top of the league, everything broke. And in terms of on it, paper, it might not matter one bit, but right, it's hard for me to look at it and go, it's not going to matter at all. Correct. Like, so I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that like we're getting closer to football season and that you know, everybody's you know, their their uh red colored glasses get a little redder. You know, I mean, I've been pretty, pretty 
straight down the line that I think five and seven, six and six is what is what this team is can do. Um, you know, I'd be just as surprised. I'd be as surprised if they went four and eight as I would if they went eight and four. So I'm, I mean, it's it's a boring thing to say, and I just think that's kind of where they're at. Like, I just don't see them losing enough home games to to have a truly like terrible season, right? Because you're, you know, you're playing the 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 new teams plus the back half of the conference from last year. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited to see if Coach Satterfield is as engaging and, you know, forthcoming as he's been. Seems like he's been so far. Um, You know, but he clearly likes to talk. So, he's not all of a sudden going to, you know, not give answers. But it's a matter of, you know, does he just go into coach speak mode and or does he does he give us any any nuggets? What what? What? Forgot to tell Keegan to ask Scott Satterfield, uh, you're two and zero against UCF in the past two seasons. Uh, what is it you have figured out in how to uh, dominate the Central Florida <laughs> Institute of uh, Hospitality Management? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't want him to tell. I want him to keep that to himself so that he could deploy it. Uh, I won't text to Keegan then. I'm sure he's not watching. He's probably relaxing in that very comfortable twin bed. Yeah. I think he said it was full. Okay. Full. Full. I got to Like, we got to work on this. You got to get a queen at least. Look, (laughs) there was nothing I loved more when I started traveling alone like to AAU tournaments, then getting a hotel room with a, a king bed. By yourself? By myself. Oh, no yeah. wife, no dog, no nothing. Just me, like, stretched, like, a, as far, like, you know, sometimes dogs sleep with, like, arms up here and legs that, like, that's how, yeah. That, that's full. Come on, kid. <laughs> Come on, kid. We're making him sleep on the couch next year. Well, Yeah. If we're really going to do this and stay at, at your friend's compound, uh, he's sleeping on. The, he might. He might be sleeping on a uh, a lounger out by the pool. I mean, I might be doing that. He's got like a forty inch TV and some couches, and I might be doing that too. Yeah, <laughs> I might just be like, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, you know, obviously, I'll be on the twitters as much as possible. Tomorrow, catching catching the comments. What, what time does he talk? Do you know? I, I want to say eleven thirty-five our time. I'll look that up in the morning and, and post something. But I think it's, I think it's eleven thirty-five. I think he's third or fourth up. Late morning, early afternoon, and you don't have Brent Yormark. No, it's it Yormark. goes. We have a. It starts at nine with some person at some. Or I think ten o'clock our time, maybe. Um, some person that has something to do with college football. Um, yeah, what's that say? I can't read that. 11, 10, 9 a.m. National Football Foundation Chief Operating Officer Matthew Sign. And then Cincinnati at 1035 yeah, Central, so 1135. 1135. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
But you'll want to be up at 9.45 to hear what Gus has to say, of course. I could care less. <laughs> uh, not a lot of basketball, really, to hit on right now. Seamus uh, Lukosius did play today, Dave. I saw that against the University of Kentucky. Yes. Uh, where where was that you, game? Uh, it's it's one. I I think it's in the Caribbean somewhere. Oh, okay. I'd be wrong. Um, the they they started this trend lately of sending like teams to go to some of these uh, USA basketball events. They sent Kentucky. Uh, Seamus had a, a a decent day. Uh, I think he he kind of got it going late. From what I saw, I was I was playing uh, Uber driver to a twelve year old, uh, but he had ten points, uh, made two of five from the floor, two of seven from three, uh, had what three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, um, twenty five minutes, and Kentucky won the game eighty one to seventy three. Uh, it didn't sound like he was used as uh you know i i think cincinnati is planning on using him as more of a facilitator putting the ball in his hands it didn't sound like he was he was used in that fashion a little bit more of like a more of a true wing or like like forward but yeah i i'm sorry to break in here and go back to football but this is this is too good um okay. The big Big Twelve is pulling, and their representatives are pulling absolutely no punches with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. This was just posted on the Twitter. Big Twelve Deputy Commissioner Tim Weiser on UT and OU. I think their decision was more about affiliating with a group of schools. They would rather get beat by Alabama than Kansas State or Florida than Iowa State. <laughs> Look at the guy that works for the league just being Yowza. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just wanted to get beat by a different group of teams. That's crazy. Yeah, you don't you don't see that too often. No, no, they just uh, they just put it on the table. <laughs> I, you knew that there was going to be some of that that popped up. Yeah, it's it's all in good fun. If I was an Oklahoma or Texas fan, I wouldn't care one bit. Yeah, I'm going to the SEC. Like, piss off. Yeah. Th- yeah we can argue about you, you can about argue me. about whether that's going to be a good move in the long run or not. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. Like, no. They walked in with the hottest Te- chick at the party, and Texas, Texas, with the highest budget in. The country just is just going to get have more money now. Like it didn't it didn't matter before. Actually, yes, they, they are just going to have more money now. Right, but it didn't place, matter when they already no, had the most money. No, no, of course not. Of course not. Um, Jace Richardson seemed to have a good peach jam. I know you guys touched on that a bit. Uh, He's going to make a jump. He's going to be a big one. Well, it's nice that the that the West Millers of the world uh, were in on him early. Hopefully that uh, hopefully that matters. Uh, I do I do think it's encouraging that. And again, you said it, I've said it. It's about 
you know, did you get it done? Um, but it is, it does lend some, some positivity to the fact that like Wes and these guys are identifying talents prior to them. You know, you can say the same thing. It's happened like seven times already. Like with with Isaiah. I mean, he was in the, what, in the thirties when, when they really started recruiting him. Flory was a complete unknown. Like that first day I walked in and saw Flory and Mike Roberts was sitting there scouting. Like he was a complete unknown. Now he's number three. Collier went to number one. Yeah. So, I think I mean, Jace is going to jump up. I don't know if he's going to be a five star because of some of their like. Um, it's probably has to do with like his measurables, size, and, measurables and athleticism yeah. and just pro overall profile, right? I mean, if. But it has nothing to do with how he's playing. Yeah, I mean, if, if football is pro- if football recruiting is part of their projection is NFL, then I would assume basketball is the same way. And he's just yes. not the he's not the dynamic athlete, along with being a great basketball player that you would typically associate with a five star. I think he can get close. Like I think the you know high thirties up into the twenties. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, Adam Finkelstein had him as his number one or number two, like, riser this week at the Peach Jam. And Eric Bossy had him as one of his breakout players at the Peach Jam. And several other places had him, like, first team all Peach Jam for what he did this week. Davey had 21 assists and two turnovers. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I've followed basketball a fairly long time. I mean, I think that's pretty good. Ten and a half to one. It's, it's decent. If you can replicate that in college, I think he'd have a pretty successful career. I agree. I agree. Uh, and I, and- I think it would give you a great mix at the, the league guard combo guard spot of athleticism, explosiveness, talent, craftiness like it, it would be you know it would be a huge get for Wes Miller to pull off I mean you you would you would think with the amount of time that they've recruited him the relationships that they've built his relationship with Tyler like he had I mean knowing that they're likely you know again it's July's 12th who the hell knows but likely going to be taking a smaller at least high school class he has to be like priority a right uh, way up there, way up there. I mean, like, yeah, like he's he's uh, he's at the top of our board. He's he's yes. If there's a top of the board, he is not like uh, third. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, he he is a guy that they are all in on. They're they're trying everything they can on LeBaron Phylon, uh, Travis Perry. They've got three high level guards that they're in on. Um, they're in on Flory still, like, you know, I've posted enough on the board on what I think about that, but then now Jaden Quintance is reclassified to 2024. He projects as a top 10 guy. Like this is an era of UC recruiting that is upon us that could get really, really fun if they start popping some of these dudes. And the, the consolation prizes, quote unquote, are some of the highest ranked recruits in UC history. Jizzle James, Rayvon Griffith, Tyler McKinley. Like, things are on a definite major upswing on the recruiting front 
for the University of Cincinnati. Yeah, just gotta gotta figure out a way to to get it done. Uh, beers gotta close the deal. Beer sports show. I'm not growing my beard out. I just haven't shaved this week. It's uh, vacation is like so close you can taste it, right? I have to shave before. Right, but I mean that week before vacation, you're just like, I don't oh, care. I'm going. Yeah, on I vacation. usually, just, I mean, when you work from home anymore, it's like I think I shave like once a week now. Right. What's um, the rush? What? And then he beers also asked what we think of Brett Yormark talking about going to Mexico for basketball. We mentioned the football side of it a little bit earlier. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I, I think it's a little out there of an idea, um, but if it's going to be like one showcase non-conference game a year sure i mean that's right. i mean how many times would uc be involved in that like once every decade or something right <laughs> i mean if that so it's not like we're gonna start setting up shop in you know mexico city and playing round robin tournaments and stuff like that so um i don't really have much of, it, of an issue with it you know if it right if it grows the conference and adds to a sec- section of the fan base and um, then, then great. I mean, you know, other pro sports leagues have held one-off games there with, with great success. So, you know, go for it. I, uh, the other thing I think that is fun in this Dave is that, that marquee basketball recruiting weekend going back to, to UC and recruiting. Yeah. You you would have to imagine this year it's going to be the Oklahoma game, right? One 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 would think that would be a good idea, uh, seeing as if seeing as the Big Twelve is coming to town that week, you know, so there's going to be a even more of a red carpet rolled out feel. I mean that's what they're calling their, you know, homecoming series or whatever <laughs> whatever it is. Um you know, it's, it's a big, there's a, you know, from my standpoint, what I do for my you know career, we have a massive, massive festival downtown that weekend. The Bengals have a Monday night game that weekend. Like it's the Reds a, are at home. Yeah. So, I mean, there's tons of stuff. I'm you know, there might be an SC game. Who knows? But I mean, yes, I would, I would think, I mean, that's your marquee. Your first conference game, your first, you know, the the you know Texas Oklahoma. I mean, they're they're the the bluest of the blue bloods in the sport in the conference. I mean, why would you not use that as right. as a way to to bring? So what's what's fa- fun is going to be like how many are here? Yeah, how like, many of the twenty four guys are here? Um, I would it, imagine you try to get as many of the like the major priority guys that you can. Um, how many of the 25 guys, like it feels like every other week, like a new, like five-star or high four-star in 2025. is like Cincinnati is one of the schools recruiting me the hardest. Um, we're still learning those names, which is, is fun because I think honestly, Dave, 23 and 24 have been not great in terms of like the, the top of the board and what, that talent looks like and the middle of the board, like there's good players. Of course there's good players, but we haven't seen a great 
recruiting class in a long time, 25 is going to be a great recruiting class. As long as they all stay in 25. Um, I'm sure a couple of these guys are going to look and go, hey, I'm going to jump to 24 and try to get this NBA clock started. But like, how is like, this is a totally off the rails question. Like how I've never heard, never heard of any of this stuff until recently. Like, how do you just all of a sudden decide you're going to be in a different graduating class? I, well, some of it you have to consider as guys are like doing, like working in prep years and going to overtime elite, like, so they're not in normal high school settings where they right. can start doing like the college thing where they're right. accelerating by taking more classes. Like, right. Like I was like, I don't, I don't know anybody that went to like high school and was like, yeah, I'm a junior, but I just, I think I'm just going to graduate now. Yeah. You, there's <laughs> things you have to do. Like you, you've got to, there are these courses online that you can take that, that are NCAA certified or whatever, where you can move up uh, or you can, you can knock off some of the things that um, maybe you're yeah. not able to knock off by. You're not going to be able to take two core English classes uh, no. during your high school year. But if you handle one, maybe in the summer uh, before your senior year and you get that credit. And then, and then you have then, someone else handling the other one simultaneously. I Look, man, I don't, I don't know how the sausage is made. <laughs> You're not Abe. Not, for, you're not, not Abe. I don't for, want to know. You're not Abe Frillman. No, I don't. I don't want to know. I just want to know that there's sausage on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's and some of them like, you know, they they hold off or they say that they're they're gonna push back a year and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, now I'm now I'm a lot better than I thought I was gonna be, so I'm gonna go back to my original class that I was supposed to be in. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, each situation is different, but um, that's, that's above my pay grade. On yeah. How some of that stuff happens. And I, frankly, a lot of times I don't want to know. <laughs> just, yeah. just tell me if the kids in 24 or 25, right. like, let me know what I'm covering is really all I'm concerned with in a lot of those situations. Mm -hmm. Am I covering a 24 kid? And I need to know, like, is he taking an official visit this fall? Or am I covering a 25 kid where the the window is open a little bit longer? But 25 is loaded, and they are in on or, you know, in the early stages of, of making uh, progress on a lot of really good high-level talent in 25, which it feels like with the way the roster is set up, 25 could be a bigger – high school class than what 24 is going to be mm -hmm. you know there's a bunch of dudes that look like you know Vic Jamil Aziz Seamus CJ we don't know that all those guys are going to come back for, for the season after this but they all have the option to do so right now there's only two guys yeah Odie and John Newman yeah that don't have any eligibility at the end of this season so this class just is it, is naturally going to be smaller, even with guys entering the portal that, you know, maybe you didn't expect or the season plays out and the writings may be on the wall for somebody, whatever the case may be. It feels like 25, there's going to be uh, more room at the end mm -hmm. and a lot of really high level talent uh, being recruited to play in the number one basketball conference in the country. So 
um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting because I don't know that we've ever seen you see that this heavily mentioned with this many kids. Like, when when's the last time you saw a kid pop up, Dave? That was like, uh, well, that there's a there's an under the radar guy that they they feel really good about. No, I mean, no, it's like top sixty kids. Yeah. Period. Like that's like if you're not top seventy five, they're looking in a different direction. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's gonna be fun. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, you got anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, I guess that's gonna wrap it up. Thanks to our guests. Uh, it was uh, it was great to have both of them on. Uh, Keegan Nickerson of BearcatJournal.com, not Keegan New York Nixon. I guess I'll try to get that fixed. I kind of just like it. Like it <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. We will see everybody next week. Dave is on vacation. So we will get Dave, party Dave from a pool somewhere in uh, Florida. That's right. Should be fun. This is the nightcap. Presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. The Nightcap. The BCJ 